Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Welcome to another Yellow Army podcast. We had hoped to have two games to talk about this week, but uh, a, a COVID outbreak in the Solihull Moors camp put paid to that on Tuesday night. But there is, there's a lot to talk about, much to discuss from the Boreham Wood game at the weekend. Rich, isn't there? It was, it was quite a game. Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Um, I think we, we were all hoping for three points, but in the end, I think we, especially after the midweek results from the other the other teams around us that played, I think we'll take that point uh, now. Um, however disappointing it was after the game, um, I think Gary was a little bit disappointed. I did talk to him, and, and you'll hear that in a minute. I did talk to him basically after the, the, the final whistle. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I came away a bit disappointed, but after Tuesday night's results, I think uh, that's fine. Yeah, we'll talk to Gary in just a moment. Things coming up a little bit later on as well. We'll look ahead to the game at FC Halifax Town on yep. Saturday. Yep. We've got some interesting ex-goals. We've got some interesting tea questions. And uh, we'll have a little bit of a chat about what's going on at Wrexham as well, because that's interesting for the whole of the National League. But Well, uh, uh, to be honest with you, Guy, I'm not that interested. I'm bored I'm of it already. Oh, no, it's it's good. It's good stuff. We'll talk about it later. Uh, in the meantime, though, let's um, let's have a listen to what Gary uh, Johnson had to say after Saturday's game against Boreham Wood. Well, Gary, maybe not as action-packed as last week, but still a very uh, very action-packed game today. Yeah, it was. It was a competitive game, that's for sure. But it was a bit too bitty for my liking. I mean, obviously the opposition um, make that happen as well, and you know the. The wind and the rain and that is not conducive to beautiful football sort of thing. But um, the competitive of it, um, competitiveness of it, was strong. And both teams decided that they wasn't going to be beat up by the other team. <laughs> so it, you know it was very competitive. Uh, but you know we went down to ten men. I thought the, the referee maybe early on made too many bookings against us because at one point it was, I don't know, about 4-0 in us having yellow cards. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, he, he's got to even it up and, and whether he did or not, I don't know. But there was too many yellow cards for a competitive game. You know, like, it, they weren't all yellow cards. And certainly the red card, you know, was, was uh, you know, Adams never made a bad tackle in the game sort of thing, you know. So it was disappointing that we lost him. Uh, however, we probably had two or three of our best chances with, with ten men. So credit to our ten men. I was going to make a few subs, but I didn't because that ten was doing all right, and uh, they, they wasn't showing any sort of tiredness, as it were. Not enough chances created. Normally, I like my teams to create a lot more chances, and uh, the ones we had were late on when um, Wins had a fantastic mm. shot outside the box. Um, Ben Winter, he had a great chance right at the end on the far post there. Um, so, you know, we, we, we could have come away winners, but we'll see if it's a point gained. I think it's two points lost um, because if we're going to be the best team in the league and get promoted over 46 games, you know, you need to have enough about you that you're going to pick up enough wins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, you're going to have some draws, of course you are. So, but if we go to Halifax and get a win, 
then this would have been a good point. I suppose it's all context really today, isn't it? Because going into any game, if you're at home and you're top of the league, you'll expect to win. But having heard that you went down to 10 men, if anyone reads that result, they go, actually, it's not too bad a point. But it's an interesting point that you make, is that there were just as many chances created after you'd gone a man down. Does that say something about the, the, the nature of the lads kind of wanting to do it a little bit for Adam and just putting their shift in? Yeah, of course. Um, and, and they are. They're a fantastic, close group. And they're very disappointed when they know I'm disappointed. Um, you know, it's not as, as bad as a loss uh, because, as you say, we, we didn't, we wasn't shrinking violence. We didn't fade and die when we went down to ten men, and you, know, you have to look at them and know that there's a few few lads in their team that have, are very experienced and uh, and they see themselves. The bookies saw them as one of the sort of favourites, if you like, to do well, and I'm sure that they'll be competing in that top ten, top seven come the end of the season. To take your point about what you said about chances in the game, it felt there was a lot of action and lots of possession at one end or another, but it did seem that the amount of chances weren't clear-cut. Is there anything you can put that down to other than the conditions? I think the, defend, the defenders done well in the conditions. There wasn't really too many mistakes that, that created chances, you know what I mean? So you have to give credit to the, both sets of teams for their defending, mm -hmm. if you like. And uh, yeah, it was an energetic game. You had to get up, and then when the wind was in your face, you know you had to try and fight the wind getting forward. And then when it was for you, you had to try and get forward. You know after they tried to put it in behind you. So mm -hmm. it was a, it was sort of a, a tactical game where sort of you, they we almost cancelled each, each other out mm -hmm. in as much as goal scoring opportunities. So. Uh, that's how some games go. Your opening goal came from a, a set piece. It was a beautifully delivered goal and, and a good header. But were you a little bit disappointed you didn't take more chances from set pieces? Because there were some good deliveries, but some, nothing ever got finished off, if you know what I mean. I do, yeah. I'm not sure we got that many set plays. We had another great chance with another great ball that went in in the first half. I was a bit disappointed with the last corner that didn't make the middle of the goal, you know, didn't make our players that were flying in, you know, that was that was a chance lost mm -hmm. because it was a, we, we didn't quite get it in there. But um, no, we've been doing all right with set plays and uh, that was a, it's just quality at the end of the day. You get a quality ball in there and you get a quality bit of work in the penalty area where people make the right runs, do the right blocks if it's a block that, that's on, you know, and make sure that you, and we made sure that we had um, uh, Sam going in there along with the others that are, are, are can meet a good ball, mm -hmm. and that's what he did. And funny enough, it was a real firm header, wasn't it? I yeah, thought it was good great. Header. Thought it was a really good header. But we work a lot on our set plays, as you know, and we are getting better at them in both penalty areas, especially from last year. Uh, just a quick word on the uh, missing goalkeeper today. No, no Lucas Covenant. No, he um, he slipped in training and, and put his back out a little bit, um, and. It, Obviously he was desperate to play, but he, he, he didn't feel he could and give us 100%. And he's done well, Lucas, um, since he's been in. But Sean's always been ready. You know, he's been part of the group. He's been, he, he didn't spit his dummy out or get upset. And he's been, a, he, he is a big character in our dressing room. And he stayed that character. And I've just said, you know, I said to him when he was playing, you know, when he, I told him he was playing, I'm happy that he's playing for the simple reason that he has kept a brightness in himself mm -hmm. and he's deserved the sort of chance that he got and I thought he did really well. I thought he did fantastic actually and you know he's it looks like you know some somebody that has that type of game keeps his place and 
Lucas understands that. But because uh, I thought Sean, I, don't, I can't remember anything where I thought he, he didn't do well with. So no, no fault for the goal, obviously, because it no, just, no, just looped over. No, no, he got no chance. Yeah, the wind and that, it just sort of went over and hit the sort of crossbar on the post at the angle there and sort of dropped into the net. Unlucky. Talk to me, thank you, Gary. No problem. He was the danger man, the guy who scored that goal, wasn't he? Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of talk about him going yeah. into, you know, into the first division, actually. Um, and yeah, he'd, he'd done OK. I thought we dealt with him OK. Mm, yeah. Even then, we nearly dealt with him. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it was unlucky. Know, he, he's, he's a good athlete. He runs, with, runs well with the ball. Um, but for most of the time, we, we was able to cope with that. And we got some good runners with the ball as well. You yeah. Know, so, um, but yeah, he, he certainly was one of their one of their danger men that we had to keep an eye on. Certainly, first half he sort of didn't come into the game as much in the second. I thought I thought you dealt with him really yeah, well. Yeah, no, we did, <coughs> we did, we did, and uh, it was important that we got a little bit closer to him because he was coming in and getting a run at uh, Ben Whitfield, and when somebody who's good at dribbling and quick, if you let them get a run at you, mm-hmm. then uh, it, it becomes difficult. But if you get a bit closer, so that as he controls it, you're there. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we, we did a lot better with, with that side of it. Tuesday night is off, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, disappointing. Well, yeah, always disappointing. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. No, but. no, you don't want to lose game, uh, lose games, as in you know lose the fixture. So um, it's what's been happening. Isn't it? Yeah. We've been lucky so far um, that you know hasn't cost us games at the moment. You know, some are two or three games behind mm. because of it. Um, which is why this was a, a good opportunity to just you know, get further ahead. Yeah. I suppose we've got one point further ahead other than uh, on Sutton, who, who, who got a result today. But um, their game's behind, but they're still points behind. Mm. So, uh, you know, we we just got to keep going and hope that uh, we're lucky enough to not have to play the teams that have got a problem at the time, or indeed if we ever get a problem. So interesting uh, to hear from Gary. It's always interesting to hear what he says in the immediate aftermath of a game. Um, Sean McDonald, it was an interesting point from Saturday. Obviously, McDonald played. Lucas Coghlan had picked up a little bit of an injury in the week. I thought Sean McDonald played really well, Richard. Yeah, he made a great save at the end as well, didn't he? Uh, to, 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 to save the point. Yeah. I, I thought he was excellent. Um, and, you know, it must be difficult, uh, you know... Uh, he probably, they probably both consider themselves the first team goalkeeper, really, don't they? Um, and it must be difficult on yeah. whoever is uh, is is sitting on the bench for games, uh, which uh, Sean McDonald has been for the 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 majority of uh, this season, apart from Saturday and a lot of last season as well. But he uh, to come into the team and pre- perform like that. Um, Shows that he is is uh, is a, a a decent keeper, decent bloke. Uh, Gary says he's great in the um, the changing room. You know he's one of the uh, the um, sparks, live sparks in the changing room, and yeah. uh, a, an important member of the squad, whether he's playing or whether he's not playing. Well, he as you anybody who's heard them talk will know he and uh, Kyle Cameron are the likely lads anyway. But Sean uh, Sean's a good isn't he? He's a good character. It's good for the club to have two goalkeepers that you can interchange like that. You haven't got a first choice and a second choice, really. You have got two really decent first choice keepers. It's it's excellent for the club, uh, and it's and it's it's impressive for a club playing at this level. It is. Do you know? I did. You, you know how much we hate those things that say seven things we learned from the 
Chipping Sodbury game or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So that people, what I did you learn from the Chipping Sodbury game? <laughs> we haven't played him yet. Have we ever played uh, Chipping Sodbury? I don't know. They're in Buckland's League. Um, are they? Yeah, okay. yeah. Chipping Sodbury Town. Well, it's only a matter of time before we draw them in a cup somewhere. But I did actually make some little bullet points after the Boreham Wood game because there were so okay. many things to take away from it, I thought. Good stuff, OK. Um, if you want to do that every week, Guy, I can use it, it in the paper. <laughs> it was interesting, I thought, the way Chalky adapted to a game where they weren't able to just sweep away their opposition. In the games against Aldershot and Hartlepool, certainly they just kind of brushed the opposition aside um, and you know just dominated the game. Bournemouth didn't allow them to do that, did they? And I thought it was interesting the way Torquay adapted their game uh, to suit those different circumstances. And I think that shows the strength of the side. Uh, and you know that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with this season because they are adaptable. Absolutely. Um, you know, we took a, a lead in the 16th minute through Sam Shering. Great header, um, and uh, it was. Everybody thought it was Danny Wright. Well, everyone in the stadium thought it was Danny Wright. Well, not everyone, but um, a certain amount of people in the stadium thought it was Danny Wright. I think that all came from the fact that the announcer called Danny Wright, and the club tweeted Danny Wright as well. But I think the club tweeting Danny Wright was on the back of the announcer calling Danny Wright. It took us a, a little while because obviously we haven't we haven't got we we haven't got um, replays, so it took us a little while to. To, uh, to work out what we thought was wrong was wrong. In fact, you were adamant it was wrong. Um, uh, yeah, it was, it was Sam sharing in the end. If you see photos, Danny Wright's no, nowhere near it. No, I know, but it's easily done. I mean, we don't... Yeah. People living in glass houses and all that, yeah. there's no uh, criticism of the stadium now, so we've all done it. Yeah. We've all got well, a And the other thing, of course, is, time. you know, when, when you're unsure about things in, the, in normal times... Um, and, and the stadium announcer is is one of those people who has to get it right first time. Um, you normally yeah. kind of look to your left, look to your right, put your head out the the window and say, "Did you see who that was?" And of course, we don't have that any at the moment, do we? You, you know, no, there's no one else there. That, but um... <laughs> but yeah, would, I mean, Bournemouth are a good side. We'll come on to some of their experienced players in a minute. But uh, I, I enjoyed the fact that Torquay had to rethink, reset a little bit yeah. and, um, and treat the game completely differently. There was only... The, Gary Johnson only made one substitution in the second half and that was bringing on Gary Warren to tighten up a bit at the back, I think. Especially that was after yeah. Adam Randall had, had been sent off. Um, and I think that shows that he was, he was... He was about to make a change, wasn't he, before Adam Randall went and uh, he was going to yeah. bring on Josh Amura. But that obviously changed his thinking, the sending off. We'll come to the sending off in a minute, obviously. Um, but yeah, they did adapt. They did adapt well. Um, that um, Sorber Thomas on the left-hand side uh, was absolutely terrifying in the first half. Every time he got the ball, you knew he was going to do something. It was like Ben Whitford on his good day, wasn't it? And um, it was. A... We 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 managed we managed to keep him more. So, sorry to talk over you guys. We managed to keep him more in the pocket in the second half. I thought. We did. I could watch him all day. I mean, he's got a trick about him. He's quick. Yeah. I would hate to have been one of the talky fullbacks to uh, try and contain him. Yeah. The only thing you could try and do was keep him out wide, I suppose. But yeah. He would have claimed the goal as well. You know, he would have Absolutely. driven that cross in 
which spooned up off Ben Winter and dropped in at the far post. Oh. But I, I thought he was he was their man of the match by far. Yeah, he was he was the man of the match. I think unfortunately, and probably that's what it was him and that was the difference uh, uh, between us uh, with a one 0 draw and maybe a one one nil win because. I mean, he, he scored that goal, definitely. It did come off um, Winter's foot, loop over McDonald and drop... The angle was ridiculous, but drop into the back of the net, the back post. Um, I don't think it, it was intended as a shot. It was a cross. However, um, it, was, it wasn't Ben Winter's fault. He got his foot in there to, to stop the cross and almost did it. If it had gone over the bar or gone gone further down the, the other side of the byline, then you would have said, what a, what a great challenge that was by Winter. So it was really unlucky by Winter. Um, and I was glad to see that, that, that Thomas was given the goal on, 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 uh, you know, on, on the records. That is good. And, and he, to be honest, he was one of quite a clutch of players in that Borenwood side that you just found that you knew them so well. I mean, we've seen them play quite a few times. I mean, Jamal Fifield at the back, the last yeah. time he was at Playmore, he got himself stood off. Yeah. Uh, Ilisanmi, the full-back, Tom Champion, the centre-back. And we can't um, we can't overlook the contribution of big Matt Reed. Yeah, yeah, no, he's, a, he's still going well, isn't he? Uh, he had a couple of shots um, and set up a couple of, of, of situations by being in the right place and drawing our defenders towards him. Um, I, yeah. I, think, I think Thomas... Would would tell you that you know, a lot of his space that he can run into is is created by Matt Reed, who just by standing where he's standing. Um, no, it's uh, he, he's a decent player. They're they're a decent team. When you look when when I looked at the um, the table after the game, I mean, I obviously I'd looked at it before as well. But when I reminded myself of where they were in the table after the game, I was quite surprised because they're better than that. Yeah. Indeed, and Reed managed to miss the best chance of the game. He did, yeah, yeah. To him at the yeah. Basically, just had to stick a foot out, and nine times out of ten, it would have gone in, but he just managed to stab it wide. Yeah. But uh, and he played the full ninety minutes. I wasn't expecting him to get ninety minutes out of the old war horse, but he did, <laughs> um, he did really well. No, he did. He did well. Just, one of the other things that I scribbled down as well before we leave the sharing goal, the Lemon Hay Evans free kick that led to it was an absolute gem. Yeah. If you watch it, he whipped it in behind the defences in that, um, didn't Ron Atkinson christen it the corridor of uncertainty? Or Possibly, yeah. One of yeah. <clears throat> but that area behind the defenders and in front of the goalkeeper where nobody likes to get the ball in there, it's so difficult to do that. It whipped in, Not didn't it? And it had a curl on it. And and I, and I think yeah. if you when, when you, when you watch it, Sharing almost had to get his head right behind it, didn't he? He almost had to do something strange with his neck to actually get the get the header on target and keep it low so it would go under the bar. Um, so yeah, it was it yeah. was a fantastic cross and, and more of that, please. Indeed, uh, Ben Winter hitting shots so cleanly. I wrote that down. That shot that he hit from the edge of the box right towards the end of the game that deserved to be the winning goal. Yeah, it was woking all over again, again. Wonderful, uh, wonderful. Goal. Wonderful save by the goalkeeper, wasn't it, Nathan Ashmore? Um, he, he he just got a palm to it to put it over the top top, top uh, his his left hand corner. Um, it would have been a, an amazing way to win the game. Also, um, you know, let's not give him too many plaudits because he missed a bit of a sitter at the end as well, Ben Winter. So he could have won it anyway. <laughs> 
Sorry, Ben. You see, you give with one, you give with one hand and take. Yeah, away. he'll know that though. You know, what I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that he doesn't know. Um, and well, let's talk about the sending off because um, Adam Randall will obviously miss the game at Halifax yeah. on Saturday. It was a two yellow, two yellow card sending off, wasn't it? Yeah. So it's only a one game ban. If yeah. that's still the rule, I think it's. Clear. It is. Yeah. I thought he was a little bit unlucky. I didn't think either. I didn't. I didn't think either of them were, were yellow cards. Um, I think the second one possibly might have been more of a yellow card than the first one, but <clears throat> I don't know what the referee was doing. Uh, he went. They both went in for a the second yellow card. They both went in for a fifty-fifty challenge, um, and then Adams kind of pulled his leg, trying to pull his leg away as the player comes down, comes comes on to him, and can't do it in time, yeah. so he catches him in the in the stomach. No, no one's got hurt. No one's, no one's broken any limbs or, or you know. I mean, it's literally just a coming together of players. But it was because his foot was in the air because he was going for the ball and then decided it was it was too dangerous to do so and pulled away. Uh, it wasn't a yellow card. There were four yellow cards for Torquay in that game. I can't remember a bad challenge in it. I mean, as a manager, you would absolutely tear your hair out. Well, actually, there were five yellow cards if you if, if if you include both of Randall's yellow cards. So sorry, yeah, you'd be tearing your hair out. You're right. Exactly, and you tear your hair out as a manager if players are getting stupid yellow cards. Yeah. If they're getting yellow carded for taking their shorts off or shouting obscenities or whatever. By the way, by the so, way, um, I'm not sure which player it was. It might have been Fifield for them. If I. Uh, I'm sure if I stood on a football pitch and shouted at the referee what he was shouting at the referee, because we can hear it, obviously, because there's no crowd. Where, yeah. where was the yellow card for that? He was, he was quite abusive to the referee at times. The referee just, just ignored it. This, do you see, that, that, that's been a real eye-opener for us, um, being in there with no fans in there, is what you can and can't hear. As you say, I mean, the, the abuse that the referee was getting... You'd think, well, hang on a minute. I mean, everybody always trots out the old thing. It wouldn't happen in rugby, but it, it genuinely wouldn't because you'd be in the sin bin and... I think I think it's some of the language that we've heard, Guy, happen in rugby. Those players would be banned for six months. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, you, the, the shouting that goes on coming from the dugouts towards yeah. the officials... He was a bit oh, annoying, wasn't he, on, on Saturday? Yeah, no. I mean, everybody does it. Both sides do it. But uh, Luke Garrard was really giving the officials some. He was chirping the whole game. He, he? he was. He was. He uh, was. What's the word I'm looking for? He was condescending to the referee and to the fourth official. And he kept on trying to get Aaron Downs involved as well by shouting out Downsy, yeah. da, 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 and this and that. And um, I th there was a point where um, we tried to take a quick corner. And um, one of their players got in the way of it. I, I think we took it quickly uh, because we knew he wasn't in the. He yeah. was already in the way of it, and and then we got a, you know I can't remember if it's a free kick or just take a corner again. But he was after that. Um, Gerard was basically shouting out to his players, right? Get in front of all the free kick, kick, kick the free kick straight at them from now on. Kick the free. and it was it was just a bit sad. Yeah, but I'm. I yeah, every now and then we criticise referees, fans criticise referees, but it's not until you're in an empty, silent no. stadium that you hear the 
kind of uh, abuse that they are getting. I suppose in some ways it goes with the job, but I think that sometimes it does overstep the mark. We we all, we all know. It's been quite a surprise. Yeah, we all know people that um, get a bit carried away. It just seemed like he he just got a bit more carried away than others. Yeah, if you did it in the seven sides down at Torbay Leisure Centre, you'd yeah. be yeah. back in your car driving home very very quickly. Yeah, but there we go. Different uh, different strokes. And the uh, the last thing I wrote down was actually something that our uh, our former Herald Express colleague Dave Thomas said uh, in the aftermath of the Boreham game. He said that could turn out to be a much better result. Absolutely. Than it feels right now. Well, and and, and, and he right said that like you say in the in the aftermath, and then Tuesday night, what happens? Tuesday night. Well, let's have a look at those Tuesday night results because, you know, as everybody's been um, been saying on social media this week, they really went for us, didn't they? They yeah. really have gone very much better. Well, I was writing the. Um, Sutton, sorry, I was writing the, the the Western Morning News preview on on uh, on Monday. Um, basically, uh, saying you know, um, Gary will have his eyes on. On, on those Tuesday night games, yeah. because you know um, we we could be we, we, our, our our lead could have gone. We could we could have we we could be on sort of nineteen points yeah. all with Sutton at least, and or, or whoever it were, Wildstone wasn't it? Yeah, Wildstone. And then you, I said, and you have to look out for Sutton, who obviously have games in hand. Although Gary Gary has said they, but they don't have the points. So you know, games in hand is yeah. one thing. Is you have to win the points, uh, and and Maidenhead as well, who who seem a bit surprising to be up there all of those three three teams playing on Tuesday night it could have made a massive difference and a massive dent in our lead could well Sutton drew one all yeah home to Dagenham and Redbridge well that's it at home to Dagenham and Redbridge yeah I mean look at where Dagenham are Dagenham were down to 10 men from oh that was quite late from the 71st minute they were down to 10 um, Maidenhead drew nil nil at Aldershot, who also had a player sent off. Yeah, uh, they had um, Mike Fondop sent off. Of okay, he was one of ours for a little while. Um, Wealdston, there's a pattern emerging here. Wealdston lost two nil at Eastley. Eastley had a man sent off as well. Wow, well, there we go. At the end, though, Michael sent off at the end. Um, so, I East, mean, Eastley have worked themselves in, haven't they? Yeah, I was going to say that Eastley are now are now hovering around below us as well. And it's going to be a long season, we know that, uh, and and teams will will shuffle around below us. Uh, but as long as they keep shuffling around, the important word being below us, then uh, we'll be quite happy. Yeah. Of course, you know who else is is edging themselves into the playoffs. Yeah, I saw, again. I saw. Good, good result for the yeah. Good, good, good result for working on uh, on Tuesday night, wasn't it? Was it with five five one or something? They won five one at Dover. Yeah, two uh, two goals each for Kane Ferdinand and Max Kretschmar in yeah. that one as well. Yeah, uh, they'll they'll be up thereabouts. I mean, yeah, we we know that we, despite their start, we Woking always a decent team, aren't they? We know it. I mean, it's, it's shaping up to be a really exciting season. The only problem, as we said last week, is that we're going to lose games now and then. Yeah, because of um, the virus, because teams will have. Um, players testing positive in the camp it's going to happen all over the place get, uh, get, you know it's going to happen at, at the drop of a hat it's going to happen right at the last minute before games yeah Gary spoke about it this week didn't he um, basically or he spoke about it on the interview that you just heard saying that you know we have been lucky up until now that we've not been affected let's face it there's been there's been 
more or less every game, every four game day, Saturdays and Tuesdays, there's been three or four games at least off because of COVID complications. Either that being a player in a squad or a couple of players in a squad that have been tested so everyone else has has to self-isolate or those teams have just played a team who then has a player test, you know, positive. Um, And it's been three or four four games every week. And and as yet, we have been very lucky um, not to be affected, but obviously we were affected by it on Tuesday night um, when Sully Hull-Moores couldn't come down to talk in players. Um, and we will be affected again. I'm sure we will be. Um, Weymouth uh, are going through a, a, a self-isolation period at the moment. A couple of other teams are doing it. Um, it's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting, interesting. I mean, it's, it's it's a different season to any, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is. It's, it's going to be quite like quite unlike any other. And yeah, there'll be twists and turns yet. And as Gary says all along, get those points and goals on the board early because you never know. When you might need them. You never know. PPG might raise its ugly head, as I said in the papers this week about when I was writing about non-league football. Um, points per game might be used to determine the outcomes of seasons. Guy, I can see the postman coming down the driveway, which means we'll be hearing barking any minute now. No, I thought I thought that was going to be a metaphor for something. There, I thought, well, this is clever, but it is actually your postman coming down the driveway. It is the postman, <laughs> and there's, there's Bertie barking in the background. I've got the, I've got the door closed, so you probably right. can't hear it. Oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Fabulous. One uh, slightly less positive thing to take out of last Saturday's game, of course, is that Armani Little um, picked up a, a fresh injury of some kind. We don't know how bad that is yet, though, do we? But it kept him out of action last weekend. It was a surprise not to see him on the bench, wasn't it? Um, and I, I, I did ask Gary off, off of after I'd finished the recording of our chat with Radio Devon as well on, on Saturday. I did ask him about him, and he, he basically said, you know, he's not sure. Um, he's got a little bit of a, a, a pelvic uh, muscle problem, and they're going to scan it and see how it is. It's nothing. It's nothing to do with the. It's nothing. Sorry, sorry, talk over you again. This is horrible. This is kind of like. Delay, isn't it? Um, it's, no, it's nothing to do with the uh, the last uh, injury, apparently. Yeah, I was just saying the last thing that Armani Little needs is another injury, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like I said to Gary, how unlucky is he? Yeah. So we wish him all the best and we haven't heard any of the outcome of the um, the, the scan yet. No. But, uh, we should be hearing about that pretty soon. I would hope the so, The yeah. questions, don't forget today, the T questions, the player with the most appearances and the most goals for Torquay, whose surname begins with a T. A couple of quite interesting people in this. I'm not going to give you any clues. You'll know them anyway. But we'll come to that towards the end of the podcast. Also, there's been some international success for the ex-goals this week. Yeah, I I didn't see the goal, but I heard about it last night. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely fabulous. What a great (laughs) game that was. Do you know I had to watch that on uh, S4C, so I had it with the Welsh commentary. Did you? not quite sure what was going on, but the, uh, the the players' names crop up every now and then. Excellent. That was all that. All so you're not so Welsh so guy that you understand the, la- the language? Not a word of it. <laughs> <laughs> so looking ahead then to the uh, to the next few games, um, just a, a quick note there, Dagenham and Ridbridge on the 28th is off, obviously, because unlike us, they are still in the FA Cup. 
Uh, that game's rescheduled for Tuesday, December the 15th. Yeah. Versus Dagenham and Redbridge. Uh, but away to FC Halifax Town on Saturday. That's going to be an interesting game. That's going to be quite a tough game, I think, despite what the stats might suggest. Can I just open my can of Coke, Guy? There we go. Yes, you can. Ever the pro- professional. <laughs> I forgot to open it before the uh, before the uh, podcast. Uh, Halifax. I, I... Sorry, go on. I talked over you. No, I was just going to say proper sound effects. You yeah. Can't, you can't get this with professionals. Other people do their National League podcasts. They don't have professional sound effects like we do. No, no, no that's right. I like to keep it real. Um, yeah, Halifax. is. Uh, they're, they're surprisingly struggling this season. Um, don't know too much about them, really. I, I, I shall be, I'll be looking into them tonight and tomorrow for, for a preview. But, um, yeah. Uh, well, they, they have. They haven't won a game since the opening day of Is that this right? season. They've been yeah. in the Redbridge 2 0 on the opening day. They're down in, I mean, they were in the playoffs last year. They're down in 18th place mm. at the moment. I knew they were struggling. Um, not doing well at all. Their top scorer with two goals is a bloke called Jack Earing, who presumably is having a golden season. Oh. They've signed Jake Hyde from Woking who I th- always thought was quite a decent striker. Yeah. They haven't been playing him very much. No. Um, if they give him a bit more game time, they might start to pick up some goals at least. They might be able to seek some goals. Yeah. <laughs> it's just getting worse and worse. <laughs> and the stats do say, of course, that uh, since they were formed... I mean, obviously, this is FC Halifax Town, mm. not Halifax mm. Town. We've played them eight times since they were formed. We've won six and drawn two, and they've yet to beat us, which is the kind of stat that we hate in the build-up to a game, isn't it? <coughs> <coughs> yeah, it's maybe cough. I'm I'm surprised about that. I I, I thought um, I thought we might have lost to them a couple of times. I'm surprised to, to hear that we've never 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 lost to to the FC version of. Halifax Town. I was working up in London at a now defunct non-league today newspaper when they reformed, I think, and uh, it was was, the disappointment in the office when it was the most dull new name you could ever come up with, wasn't it? What what should we call the new Halifax Town? FC Halifax Town. Yeah. It's a little bit confusing, isn't it? But, you know, they're... uh, decent side I'm surprised as you say I'm surprised that they're down where they are because they haven't made all that many changes to the squad since they were in the playoffs last year they were good last year yeah yeah did, did there was someone go, there was, oh, just reminded me there was someone doing the rounds the other day on the internet that I saw and I, I can't remember where, where I saw it and I can't remember which region it was so I'm going to make up a region but it was a, a little thing okay. from a newspaper which is like the the FC Halifax Town story, a little thing from a newspaper saying congratulations to the winner of um, our uh, uh, competition to name the new uh, uh, new new oh, what do you call it? Oh my god, I'm gone, I'm gone. The the new um, oh where, where you go and do exercises and stuff. The leisure centre, leisure leisure centre. The new leisure centre in Romsey, and the winner is John Perkins, uh, who suggested it should be called Romsey Leisure Centre. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
well, it's, it's it's to the point. And yes. It doesn't yeah. beat about the bush, does it? I can't remember. I, I can't. I, I can't believe I can remember the word leisure. No, I can't. To be honest, it's too too much coke. That's what it is. It's sugar free, guy. So. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. So to Wrexham, you're bored with Wrexham already. I'm I'm um, bored with the sto- story the moment I heard it, Guy. I think it's a great story. I was talking to my American cousin, who's um, who's a massive football fan, to the extent that he doesn't even call it soccer, he calls it football. Well, that's something. And he assured me that these two guys, Ryan Reynolds um, is a long-standing football fan, Rob McKelleny also, they hearts in the right place. They... This could be transformational for Wrexham, couldn't it? If they can do with Wrexham what the Manchester United boys did with Salford, they haven't. Um, they haven't said how much money they. They haven't said how much money they're going to put in, guy. And I bet it's nowhere near the amount that people think it will be. No, it'd be interesting though. We, of course, they, we're at home to Wrexham on December the fifth. That's coming up quite soon. So who knows who could be sitting in the director's box? Well, no, neither uh, neither of them. I would have thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just find the whole thing. Uh, what what annoys me more than anything else after last weekend or, or last Tuesday's uh, results, I went onto the BBC National League section on their website, and the first four stories were all about Wrexham and Hollywood. Before you got to anything else. And, 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 you yeah. know, there are some teams on there who never get a story about them. The story's there. Don't be so... Don't be, you know, it's lazy. Yeah, I, I take your point, but I, I, I quite like the fact that the National League has got into people's consciousness. It's like the days when we used to have um, Bet Lynch coming down to Playmore and that sort of thing. There's no harm in a bit of publicity, a bit of a little bit of a publicity stunt now and then. And, you know, if... If this one can have a, a good outcome for Wrexham and for the National League, I think this is. Um, I think it's a good thing. I'm, I'm not interested. I, I, I'm not, I'm not happy. Well, you're not interested. Either. I'm not happy. Uh, shall I tell you my favourite Wrexham story? Go on. So when I was working with the club, so it's going back quite some time before I was a balding fat man myself. But um, the uh, the the we we pulled up in the coach into the racecourse ground uh, car park. And the, all the players had spotted this uh, Ferrari coming in behind them. Really, really lovely car. I mean, I'm not into cars, so it was over my head a bit. But all the players all, all, all went to that side of the coach and were watching. Whoa, look at that car, look at that car. And they were loving it. And it parked up and the door opened and this fat bolding bloke got out and they went, oh, no, wrong man to get out the car. But, you know, I can tell that story now because I'm a fat, balding bloke. I wasn't then. You can. You're immune. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Should we um, address the question of the T player then? The player whose surname begins with T, who's made the most appearances for Torquay. Everybody will have got this almost straight away. Ian Twitchin. Of course. Yeah. My favourite player when I, when, I, when I first watched Torquay United, I used to love watching Ian Twitchin. He was in the team when I first started going and, uh, yeah, he'll always be a, yeah. a fond memory of mine for Torquay United. Absolutely. He came from Tenmouth, 436 appearances for Torquay between 1969 and 1981. Yeah. Uh, 17 goals in time. Uh, but 
fondly remembered by everybody at Playmore. I mean, the, the famous story of him running into uh, Torquay, running up to Playmore from Tynmouth, yeah. and then at the end of training, putting his trainers back on and running home to Tynmouth. Um, I'm not even sure if that's apocryphal. I don't really care. It's a great story, and uh, I'm, I'm happy with that one. You could still do that, guy, tw- couldn't you? I could do it very, very, very slowly. I could I'm make it to sure the I end of uh, I could make it to the end of Havercombe Downs. <laughs> uh, but a couple of interesting characters in second and third places on the uh, the appearances: Billy Towers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wynne Hart. Yep. Who played for Torquay between 1946 and 1956? Yep. Immediately post-war, 292 games, Crikey. five different Torquay United managers. No goals. Really? A wing, a wing half. Two hundred ninety. He played some games for Leicester City as well and didn't score there either. That's got to be some kind of record. That yeah. many games. Yeah. As a wing half, not one single goal. Yeah, that might but, be a record. I wonder what the record is for, for, for professional players, amount of games and not scoring goals. I wonder if anyone has ever tried to work that out because obviously the stats you'd have to go through are ridiculous. That's a lockdown project for somebody, mm. isn't it? We could certainly do it for Talkie United. Mm. Perhaps we'll have a look and perhaps I'll have a look at the talkiefanstats.com yeah. website. Get your calculator out. After the game, after his involvement in the game, Billy Towers went on to become a teacher in adult education and he taught prisoners at Parkhurst on the Isle of Wight. Wow, okay. And uh, it sounds, it sounds, it sounds like he could have been one of the Borstal, <laughs> Borstal uh, managers or, or, you know, officers, doesn't it? It does, it does a little bit. After, all that, frust- all, the, after all that frustration of never scoring a goal. Yeah. Uh, third place, Dave Topping. 158 yeah. games, three goals between 1948 and 1953. He came to us from Clyde. He was a Scotsman uh, and went to Yeovilman. After it, afterwards. Mm, okay. And as far as the goals are concerned, three completely different players. Yeah. This one, our top scorer with a T, Jimmy Trotter, the fabulous really? Jimmy Trotter. Do you know what? I was going to say that. <laughs> in only sixty-one games between nineteen thirty 1930 and nineteen thirty-two, he wow. scored thirty-nine goals. Wow. He came. <laughs> that's got to be the that's, to that ratio has got to be our best ratio isn't it of any player pretty, uh, I, would think so. I would think so that's more than one every two games yeah he came to us from the Wednesday before they were known as Sheffield Wednesday mm. retired from the game with a knee injury and managed Charlton Athletic between 1956 and 1961 when wow. they were kind of a big deal so he's wow. um, yeah He's very well known up in London. Interesting. Next up, 26 goals in 80 games for Dave Tierce between yeah. 1971 and 1975. It is, it's, T, T is weird, isn't it? Because, you know, most letters, you, you have a standout one that you, you don't even really have to think about yet, yeah, that's going to be the top scorer. But T is a bit different. Jimmy Trotter is, is your man. Tommy yeah. Tynan's in third place. I was gonna. That, that was that was my original thought. Tom, Tommy Tynan. Sorry, I've talked over you again. Say that again. Don't worry. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, 19 goals in 46 games, 1990-1991. And won't yeah. we be glad when we can do this face-to-face again? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got to put up with the delay that the, uh, the, the Hangout does online. Apologies to anybody listening for the confusion that uh, I can't hear you properly, you can't hear me properly. I can hear you okay, but when, when I start talking over you, you, you've got a delay. So I think what happens is you just, you just plough on and I'm talking over you. So it's my fault. Shocking. So, should we have a little look at the X goals? Let's do that. Let's start with the two scorers for Wales then. First of all, uh, Kiefer Moore, of course, scored last night. Yeah. As Wales beat Finland 3 1, uh, secure promotion. Uh, it was a header, obviously, across from the left. Header, uh, third goal in a quite convincing win in the end. Off the bench uh, because he's been, earlier, he'd been dropped. Off the bench? Yeah, been dropped yeah, for the last the two bench. games, hasn't he? So, so, well done to him. Uh, obviously playing in his home stadium as well, Cardiff. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Played at the uh, City Stadium. But earlier in the week, uh, Modu Toure, we spoke last week about him getting his call-up for Wales. He scored uh, for the Wales under-21s in a 3-0 win over Moldova. Excellent. Um, he's at Marine at the moment, on loan from Salford City. Really? I mean, there's a career building there, isn't there? He's a decent player. We had him for a month last year. Yeah. Um, He's carving, carving quite a little career for himself there. Yeah. And good for him. Ryan Bowman, of course, yes, yeah. scored for Exeter in the 2 2 draw at Bradford. We, we, we've City. spoken about him, haven't we, uh, recently, about the fact that he's not getting many goals, and Exeter City fans have been slightly disquiet about that. However, uh, Matt Taylor, their manager, has stood up for him and said, you know, he is, he, he's a quality player. It's not all about goals, it's about positioning and. Um, uh, and what he brings to the team and it was good to see him get on the score sheet up there I, I, I liked Bowman when he was at Torquay I thought he was a good player it was a shame he left yeah yeah agree uh, Jake Robinson appears twice in the ex-goals Twitter feed he scored one for Billericay in a 2-0 win over Slough uh, and then he scored a penalty um, in the penalty shootout when Billericay drew with Welling Sorry, no, it wasn't a penalty shootout. He scored a penalty for Bickerilly, Bickerilly against Welling. Bickerilly. Mixed two. No, Bickerilly. Bickerilly, I prefer that. <laughs> this podcast is going so well this week, <laughs> isn't it? Talking of penalty shootout, Sean McGinty got one in a penalty shootout as Morton lost to Inverness Caledonian Thistle. Is he at Morton? Andy Duke wow. again. Uh, he scored the only goal as Wraith beat Cowden Beath 1-0. John Marquis got a lovely penalty for Portsmouth in yep. the 2-2 draw with Argyle. Watched that game on, on, uh, on Sky. Derby. Yeah, Monday. Well, yeah. Paul McCallum uh, got one for Dagenham and Redbridge. That's his first goal for Dagenham and Redbridge in their draw with Sutton. Why don't I remember Tyrone Paul McCallum? Paul McCallum, we had him on loan. He was a loan player again. Don't remember him. When was that guy? Tyrone March. This is the penalty shootout one. He got one in the penalty shootout for Stevenage as they lost to Notts County in the wonderfully named Papa John's yeah. Trophy. Yeah, I, I have an apology to make. I did get that wrong last week. So now I can defi- de- definitively say that the Papa John Trophy is the old Leyland Daff Cup. I hope that sorts it out for Excellent. everyone. And it's now, it's now the EFL trophy. Is that the one that the under-23 teams from the Premiership sides come into? Yes. 
Yes, I, I mean, it's still all understand. confusing, but yes, essentially, yes. I mean, well, as soon as you bring under 20, it's under 21s. Exeter City put out a very youthful team on Tuesday night for their game against West Brom under 21s. So it was basically two under 21s team playing in a, in a, a proper cup. Um, and I was glad to see Exeter City stuff the, uh, the Premiership under 21s 4-0, which, uh, you know... I, I, I think I think sometimes they're a bit too mollycoddled, some of these Premiership under-21 teams, and don't actually know how to play a decent team decent team when they yeah. meet one. Yeah, we've had loan players from those teams, haven't we, who haven't been used to being tackled. They certainly haven't been used to being deposited on mm. their backsides in a puddle of mud at Halifax or anything like that. A lot of those Exeter City players they were playing against have been playing... Uh, over the last couple of years on loan at Tiverton and Weymouth and Biddeford and, and they would have been playing against men. A lot of those players at West Brom wouldn't have played against men once. No, it's a bit of a wake-up call for them sometimes, isn't it? And just just to complete the ex-goals roundup, there's always got to be a mention of Hemel Hempstead. In oh, yes, yeah, of course week. there has. It's the law uh, and it comes as Miles Anderson wow. scored an own goal. He's playing for Hampton and Richmond. They lost 3-0 to Hemel Hempstead and one of those Hemel goals was a Miles Anderton own goal. Wow, okay. So, there you go. Excellent. That's Excellent. your ex-goal that's, that's all wrapped up then. <laughs> it is indeed. Now listen, there's no pod next week, is there? No. We're a podcast next week. Because, they're, uh, they're allowing me to have a case. holiday. And um, but there's no game next weekend because uh, the Dagenham Redbridge game is off. So it's a good enough time to uh, to give our listeners a, a much cherished week off from the podcast. Yeah, um, we all need a week off from the podcast. Okay, it sounds like we do actually, guys, doesn't it? <laughs> it's not gone well. I can't wait to get back in, uh, into doing this. <laughs> into a room. Again, well, we let's hope let's hope we can do that in in two or three weeks. Um, I, I've been writing this week about non-league football uh, for the for the the daily uh, sort of the weekly papers that I do. Um, uh, I spoke to Phil Hiscox, who's the the, the, the secretary of um, the Southwest Peninsula League, that includes, amongst others, you know, your Newton Abbott Spurs and Stoke Gabriel's and Bobby Tracy, uh, Brixham, uh, Dartmouth, and then for other papers, there's, there's two or three or four teams for each of the papers that I do. And, you know, so it was, it was a piece that I could use throughout all the papers. And, it, you know, he, he says that, yes, I have rearranged all 108 fixtures that got lost to this lockdown. Um, and now there is no space left. Really? So, really? you know, okay. winter's coming. Um, so they're going to have to extend their season. And if that's going to happen there, then it's going to have to happen in the uh, the other the other leagues, you know, the Western leagues, the Seven League, um, and all the the, the the smaller leagues. And I I wouldn't I wouldn't put I wouldn't say that it won't happen in the National League either. I bet I bet we end up playing a couple of weeks extra. I reckon you could be could be right. So the least we can do is give everybody a week off. Yes. <laughs> So we'll be back in a fortnight. Uh, thank you very much for your company as we dissect the Boreham Wood game and, and chat about this and that. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Take care of yourselves. And in the meantime, come, come on, on, you yellows. yellows.